Hello, everyone. Welcome to Tape 1, Side A of Make It a Popcast. My name's Evan. And I'm Katie. So, Katie, how are you? I'm good. Very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a tattoo today. Oh, yeah, yeah, you did. Jerry, Jerry's here. <laughs> Jerry's here. Jerry the giraffe is in fruition. He's real. Um, I love him. He's so nice. I can barely feel it, to be honest. Really? Yeah, like, I, not that I forget I have it, because I don't, but, like, so, do you have a tattoo? No, I don't have any. Okay. So, like, obviously, they were, like, I, I couldn't remember if you did or not, but they, like, wrap it after it, but, like, like m- most of the time that I've gotten tattoos, like, they've done it with, like, cling film and, like, tape. Yeah. With this girl I've gone to her before, she used a second skin. Mm-hmm. But, like, you actually can't see the wrapping on it. Like, two people today asked me if it was covered with anything. Because it doesn't look like it's covered. Look, I'll show you. Like, I'm showing Evan on camera. No <laughs> so, what is second skin? So, so, do you see the way you can't see any wrapping on it? Yeah. It's like a clear plaster. Oh, Okay. But that is actually wrapped in plastic, like. Oh, okay, right. Even though it just looks like my skin. Mm-hmm. So it's second skin, like, it's it's like a protective layer, but it's, like, so, so, so thin mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So because I don't have, like, tape or anything around my arm, like, I mm-hmm. keep forgetting it's there because it just feels like my arm. Yeah, yeah. And it's not tender because I don't have to, like, wash it or cream it yet. Like, it'll be tender tomorrow and stuff. Mm-hmm. yeah it just feels yeah it feels cool other than that i'm good i'm just working away trying to make an honest living how about you uh i'm grand yeah i uh i need to go on a book buying ban everyone yeah you do but you've done very well today i did i went there's a bookstore near my gym and i went in and i just looked i didn't go out with anything that's so good i Honestly. contemplated it but i didn't <laughs> i'm so proud of you I don't even, I'm even going to you, I'm actually going to show you the TBR beside my bed. This isn't including the series I'm reading right now. Okay. Oh, Jesus Christ. Please don't fall. <laughs> this is just half of it. Wow. That, that's your reading list. Yeah, my TBR. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm going to do it. I think I've come up with a schedule as to how I can get through these. Honestly, you're such you're in your bookworm era again. I love being in a bookworm. Yeah, no, I know that. I remember that, like, mm. like our whole lives that we've known each other. You've always been a bookworm, but I feel like you're really getting back into it now. Yeah, definitely. Like it's definitely like you're ramping it up mm. again. Yeah, one hundred percent. I've been dying for it to come back, so it's back. <laughs> oh, I'm so jealous. I wish my bookworm would come back, but I think she's gone forever. <laughs> you never know I don't know I don't think she's gonna come back <laughs> there's one book that I've been trying to read for literally a year and a half <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible like it's so bad and I used I would have like eaten books when I was younger yeah I, like it was so good but you know Joe, you know I was thinking about the other day you actually introduced me to the fault Night starts I remember that did I? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that book. Uh, oh, that book changed my brain chemistry. 
I know. My God. I gave that book to someone who I'm no longer friends with and they still have it. Oh, rude. You know, give it back. Yeah, although the, that book traumatized me. <laughs> you know, also because I had a cousin who passed away from cancer at a young age, mm-hmm. like very shortly before I started reading that book. So maybe that was my fault. <laughs> Oh, it traumatized me. I remember I was reading it on the plane to go to Spain with my cousin and my auntie and uncle. I mean, my cousin were reading it, and he were I was like inconsolable, and he took it off me. (laughs) (laughs) Not for the rest of the plane road. I I'll never forget that. And sometimes I feel like I've made up, but I definitely haven't. He was like, "Give me that." Oh, it really traumatized me. Oh my god. Okay. Well <laughs> we're gonna actually move we're gonna get into a bit of a traumatic pop news this week. Oh Jesus Christ. Do the thing. Katie Earl first. <laughs> Sorry, that was my trauma. Um news. Sorry. Um news flash. So by now, we should all unfortunately be well-versed in the Colleen Ballinger situation. But if you're not, I'll do a quick catch-up. Colleen, a.k.a. Miranda Sings, befriended many of her teenage fans when she was in her 30s. Groomed a few of them here and there, exploited them, and shared explicit images of a friend with them, all of which she has semi-addressed in a video. But she technically has admitted to all of it without actually apologising and taking onus for her actions. Jojo Siwa is actually one of these teenagers that Colleen befriended about eight years ago now, which means they met when Jojo was 12 Mm -hmm. and Colleen was 27 years old. Jojo went on to Howie Mandel's podcast where he was asking her all about the situation. Howie was asking in depth without going too far about everything and was definitely asking Jojo thought-provoking questions as he basically had her speechless. During the interview, Jojo was trying to be very careful in her war choices and said things like, she has always been nothing but kind to me, her family nothing but kind to me, and said that was the first time that she spoke publicly about the allegations against Colleen and wanted to choose her words wisely. In her words, the internet can take a lie and run so far with it. So far that it's to the point where you can't do anything about it. Um, and then she said, I've had that happen to me. I know Colleen very, 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 very well. And I think the work Colleen has done for the internet is incredible. I think her creativity is incredible. Jojo also spoke of finding it weird that when she turned 18 and said, I was like, I have to be careful now regarding her fans. I mentioned the blurred lines between fans and friendship, only then to go on and basically describe that that's exactly what happened between the two, Colleen and Jojo. She then went on to say that she idolized Colleen. Another thing was, I think the problem is the internet was able to capitalize off her cancellation and they are still continuing to. And it's not okay because a lot of it is based off of lies. Amongst those words, Jojo was being very positive of Colleen and almost defensive, but in an I'm not sure how to defend this type of way. This interview was definitely not on my bingo card for this year. 
And that is the map news of Colleen and Jojo. Oh my god. <laughs> Without me having to write a novel. <laughs> I also have some not so fun facts. Okay. So Jojo is a few months younger than Adam McIntyre, who we've spoken about before on the podcast. And yeah. Jojo became friends with Colleen the same time Adam did. Mm-hmm. So Jojo was between 12 going 14 and Adam was 13 going 14. But mm-hmm. like, because there's a few months between them, like it was the same era. She was the same age. Like it's, it's just like, it's another kind of cog in this weird wheel of like, just not helping herself. Yeah. Oh, Jojo. <laughs> yeah, so I have some thoughts and opinions. I think that Jojo has been emotionally groomed by most adults in her life. Mm. um, Especially the Ballingers, all of them. Okay. Every single one of them. Even Rachel, who would have been my favourite. I definitely do see the problem with their friendship. And I always kind mm. of have thought, like, that's weird. Yeah. And then, but, like, everybody, like was like oh but she's a professional and she's mature but like she's still a child yeah and right now Jojo is defending Colleen and the family and that's fine but I just think that one day it's gonna hit her and she's gonna be like oh my god why did I defend this because she's still only 20 and it is the big power dynamic it is yeah like, it's a huge power dynamic. And Colleen and Jojo met because they're, like, Jojo was a fan. So okay, right. So, Todrick Hall invited all of the dance mom mom's children, he said cast, children, yeah, to a party. And Jojo and Nia were left out of it. Yeah, so Jojo and Nia were left out of this party that Todrick invited all the rest of the cast to. And Colleen was there, but as Miranda. Okay. And the show depicted Jojo and Nia being really, really upset because they didn't get to meet Colleen. So Colleen reached out to Holly, which is Nia's mom, and said, look, I'm like so sorry, like I feel so bad, I wouldn't want any." children to be upset by not meeting me so they all went for dinner and then Colleen befriended Jojo at the dinner oh, for fuck. yeah now all parents were in attendance at this dinner unlike yeah. some other dinners that Colleen has tried to make with fans um mm. i.e Adam McIntyre in uh Temple Bar yeah he's responded to this Jojo situation Adam yeah I watched the video um what do you think I stand by everything he says. Yeah. Honestly, like I do. And Jojo genuinely is a victim and she doesn't even realise it. Yeah, it's going to hit her at some point. Hopefully. Hopefully sooner rather than later. But one thing he was saying in in his video, like commenting on it, was like, you're so close. You're so close to understanding and you don't even realise how close you are to understanding what you're actually going through. Yeah. But yeah, that was the start of our pop news. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, it's going to get more eventful from here on out. So strap yourselves in. Oh, no. <laughs> here we go. So first up, so first there's Ellen, then Colleen, then Lizzo. Oh. And now it looks like Jimmy Fallon's turn in the hot seat. Oh. So in a new article with Rolling Stone, many members of staff have revealed the toxic work environment on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. 
they say that the show has be has been a toxic environment for years and that the environment begins with Fallon's erratic behavior and described being afraid of his outbursts. The staff members also told Rolling Stone that the guests' green rooms would be referred to as crying rooms where they could let out their emotions without Jimmy being around. Jimmy Fallon has since responded and apologized, saying, sorry if, uh, sorry if I embarrassed you and your family and your friends. I feel so bad, I can't even tell you. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not really shocked by this one, to be honest. Yeah, neither am I, to be honest. But also, I'm glad it's finally a man. Yeah, I was thinking that earlier. I think Ellen got so much shit and just purity for being a woman, I think. Well, like, yeah. Well, obviously, yeah, but you know what I mean? I think she got got more, you know what I mean? It was more more heightened because of she's... Mm. Yeah, no, no, I agree. I just mean, like, this year, all of the, like, shadiness has just come from women. And I'm like, why is there a bad reputation here? We're meant to not like the men here. <laughs> Equal rights, girls. Come on. <laughs> no, but genuinely, like, I'm, I am making the joke of it, but it's it's not really, like, funny. Um, But I'm not shocked by that one. Neither am I, to be honest. I've heard, I've heard rumors and rumblings for years. But I also feel like he kind of shows his like erraticness on camera anyway. Oh, I loved him. Oh no, wait, me too. Like everyone that's done us dirty this year, I've loved. I know, it's really hard. And it's so sad. Like, mm. like who knew that Colleen Ballinger would be just run off the internet? Mm. <laughs> mm. Oh God, <laughs> it just gets worse. Who's next? Who's next? Who do we have left? Although I don't think this will destroy Jimmy Fallon for some reason. I don't think so either. I think he'll be let away with it. Yeah. Mm. Sadly. Sadly, that's true. Um. So now we're going to move on. So this is a long saga. Um. But once again, we're talking about people messing up. So that's mm-hmm. so we all love that 70s show. But oh, the cast yeah. is looking messy as hell. So after Danny Masterson was sentenced to 30 years in prison after being found guilty of two counts of rape, Following uh this, following this, the character letters of Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis were leaked. Uh, Ashton wrote, "As a friend, Danny has been nothing but a positive influence on me. He's an extraordinarily honest and intentional human being. Over twenty five year relationship, I don't ever recall him lying to me. He's taught me about being direct and confronting issues in life and relationships head on, re- resolving them and moving forward. Danny is a person that is consistently there for you when you need him." We've travelled around the world together, raised our daughters together, and shared countless family moments. Not only is he a good friend to me, I've witnessed him be a good friend to others, and the kind brother others would be lucky to have. As a role model, Danny has consistently been an excellent one. While I'm aware that the judge judgment has been cast as guilty on two counts of rape by force, and the victims have a great desire for justice, I hope that my testament to his character is taken in consideration in sentencing. I do not believe he is an ongoing harm to society and having his daughter raised without a present father would uh would a tertiary injustice would be a tertiary injustice in and in and of itself. So after facing serious backlash on this, Ashton Kutcher and Miragunas decided to release an awkward apology video where they said they believed victims, saying they were in t- uh, the letters were intended for the judge to read and not to undermine the testimony of the victims or re-traumatize them in any way. We would never want to do that. And we're sorry if that has taken place. So this goes on. So Danny's ex-girlfriend, Chrissy Bixler, uh, decided to take her Instagram story saying, Dear Ashton, I know the secrets your role model keeps for you. 
Once that would end you. Did you forget I was there? You were on speakerphone that night. Danny, uh, you called Danny on February 21st, 2001. I heard everything. I heard the plan. In my opinion, you're just as sick as your mentor. Dear Mila, I pray you begin to process what you experienced as a child on that set. Your old interviews are very telling. I encourage everyone to watch them and decide for yourself what you hear and see. Do so before they get scrubbed from the internet. I also know what happened in Toronto and, and after. Question, if that's what you view as a normal relationship with a big brother figure, then I feel very sad for you and I hope you consider getting into therapy. You almost you almost forget I was there the whole time, those first five years of that 70s show. I remember everything. In another uh, in another uh, thing from the story, she says, Topher, Topher Grace, was bullied by Danny Masters and isolated by most of the cast because Danny's like a cult leader. Danny hated Topher because Topher didn't bow to Danny like his other young castmates. I loved Topher. If I somebody just said hi to Topher, I would be given a, scal- a scalding and then ignored by Danny. It broke my heart. He was the only guy on that set with integrity and a moral compass. That uh, compass. That's my experience. I was there. Someone else who also responded was Christina Ricci. Uh, she said, uh, so sometimes people we have loved and admired do horrible things. They might not do these things to us and we only know who they were to us. But that doesn't mean they didn't do horrible things and to discredit the abused is a crime. People we know as awesome guys can be predators and abusers. It's tough to accept, but we have to. If we support victims, uh, women, children, men, boys, then we must be able to take this stance. Unfortunately, I've known a lot of awesome guys who were lovely to me who have been proven to be abusers privately. I've also had personal experience with this. Uh, Believe victims, it's not easy to come forward. It's not easy to get a conviction. Hmm. What a saga of events. Yeah, this is a saga. And I actually haven't really looked into this too much. But like mm-hmm. I've obviously just heard the whispers around the internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a bit mad, isn't it? It's just absolutely crazy. My first, when Kevin told me about this, my first reaction was, but like, I was like, but Ashton like does all this like work and advocacy against like, um human trafficking and all this yeah so like why didn't he have a problem with his friend or it may like because obviously this happened like a long time ago i'm assuming right or yeah more than likely i mean probably over the course of a few years i'd say so maybe is the the whole human trafficking advocacy because he feels bad i don't know there's all this stuff coming out of the involving Scientology and all this stuff with Danny and it's just it's too it's too bulky to get into if I'm honest. Oh yeah. Um but Jesus Christ, I mean I feel like more stuff's coming out about these people every single day. Yeah, no hundred percent. But like that's just the first thing I thought. I was like, he does all this against human trafficking, but then he's like defending this man in court to a judge. And then also their response being like, Oh, the victims were never meant to hear this. Yeah, but why would you say to the judge then if the victims were never meant to hear it? Because like that's just being a bit two-faced then do you know what i mean yeah either you're with the victims or you're not either you want to traumatize them or you don't because even if the victims never had to hear that but then if those letters those character letters did actually do their job and make him not go to prison then you're still harming the victims yeah so i just think look people are never who they say they are and i understand that's your friend but if my friend did that I'd be like, see you fucking later. My friend did that. I wouldn't have a friend. No, exactly. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I would. They would not be my friend. 
No, exactly. But anyway, that's that's heavy. That's a heavy part of pop news over. Let's mm. end on a high note. Okay. So the MTV Video Music Awards took place last night. And although no one danced with a snake or took the mic off a deserved winner, uh, the results are in. So these are just some of the results. The rest you can check out for yourself. So best Afrobeats went to Rima and Selena Gomez for Calm Down. Okay. Best Rock went to Man- Maniskin. Is that how you pronounce it? I don't know. Maniskin, The Loneliest. Best Alternative went to Lana Del Rey and Jean-Baptiste for Candy Necklaces. Best R&B went to SZA for Shirt. Best Hip Hop Hip Hop, sorry, went to Nicki Minaj for Super Freaky Girl. Best Pop, Taylor Swift, Antihero. Best Collab, Carol G and Shakira, TQG. Shakira also accepted the Video Vanguard Award and gave a performance. Best New Artist went to Ice Spice. Song of the Year went to Taylor Swift for Antihero. And Video of the Year went, for t- went to Taylor Swift for Antihero. Some good results. Some very good results. Did you see any of these sh- clips? No. From the show? Actually, no, I, I, haven't, um, I haven't been on the internet much. On the interwebs? On the interwebs, yeah. Have you? Were you watching it? Were... Uh, I've seen a few of the performances and stuff. So yeah, I think I haven't. I haven't watched the full show in god years. Um, no, I... I'd never really watched the VMAs anyway. Oh, they used to be an event in my mind. I was like, really? yes. <laughs> <laughs> Up until I would say probably twenty fifteen, maybe. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, congrats, and you know, there's never any scandal at the VMAs anymore. No, I think yeah. Those days are over. Those days are over. Probably for the best. All right. So, Katie, introduce this week's topic. This week, we wanted to cover a TV show that is based off of a book. Funny enough, since Evan's been a bookworm recently. Uh, So we are deciding to delve into the life of Clay Jensen as he unravels the tales of his friend Hannah's death by suicide through 13 tapes she left for him. And we will be talking about the absolute journey it was to watch 13 Reasons Why. Before we start, I just want to give a disclaimer that we will be covering very heavy topics, including mm-hmm. suicide, suicide ideation, um, rape, and amongst other things. So if there's anything that you are very sensitive at the moment, click off. We'll see you next week or skip to the end to see what's popping with us if you like. I'm not too sure what your head frame is like at the moment but we hope to see you in next week's episode so evan moving forward what is your history with 13 reasons why okay so i've had to prepare myself for this question because i was trying to remember i read the book first surprise okay. surprise um i read the book first i remember i was in galway doing events work and i think i was waiting for my, my train wasn't for ages so i stopped into eason's and i think i was on my phone that day and i was looking at a video do you remember clever tv yeah yeah it was on clever tv and it was a year before the show came out that there was a show based on the book 13 reasons why don selena gomez was the executive producer mm-hmm. i've never seen that on my phone and then i went into easons and i saw the book just there on the shelf so i decided to buy it started reading the book on the train home so i've, I've read the book then the show comes out a year later and i was like oh i remember that <laughs> uh watch the show it was inescapable and we'll get into how I feel. Katie, what's your history of 13 Reasons Why? Um, Mine is same but different in the sense. I actually didn't know it was a book until we were looking at, at like topics for this week and 
I was like, oh, 13 Reasons Why was a book. I didn't realize. I thought it was just a TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, like that, it was just inescapable when it came out. And everyone was watching it. And I was like, oh, I have to give this a go. And then I, then I just couldn't stop watching it. So that's my history. Okay, so we're going to throw it all the way back to tape one, side A of 13 Reasons Why, the very beginning. Are you ready? I'm ready. So the late Hannah Baker narrates the story as her locker is covered with letters and pictures. So Clay is at his locker uh, and remembering Hannah as two girls take selfies at Hannah's locker. So Justin confronts Clay in the hallway and says he's not that innocent and they are told to go to class. So uh, Mrs. Bradley is uh, offering advice to the students and the student says it's been a, it's been a week and they need to get over it. So we flash back to Clay who compliments Hannah's hair. We go back to present day. Mrs. Bradley looks for Clay's attention. Hannah's parents are at the school as the guidance counsellor, uh, Mr. Porter, opens Hannah's locker. Hannah's mother uh, questions why Hannah didn't have any stickers in her locker and Clay watches uh, close by. Clay goes to the bathroom where Tyler has um, has his camera pointing out the window. Uh, Bryce walks in and tells Tyler to get out and he's on the phone with his mom. Courtney hugs Clay and asks him how he is. So they have a brief talk and Tony offers Clay a lift home. So Tony plays tapes in his car. Flashback, um, Hannah trained Clay when he worked at the movie theatre with her. She offers him advice on how to chat up patrons. Hannah asks Clay if he likes the town and he makes a Star Wars reference. Uh, back to present day, Clay arrives home to find a box on his doorstep. He unwraps the packaging to find tapes. The tapes are all numbered. He asks his dad for his boombox and he goes to get it. His dad tells him to keep in touch given recent events. Clay uh, plays the first tape and hear, he hears Hannah's voice. Hannah says, if you listen to the tape, you're one of the reasons why. Clay's mom comes in and startles him. She asks him about Hannah and he says he didn't know her very well. So Clay accidentally broke the boombox and he tries to use a pen to press the button. Clay heads out to Tony's. Clay arrives at Tony's and he and his dad are fixing the car. Clay starts the car and steals Tony's Walksman. So Tony uh, brings up the email and his uh, dad brings up Hannah. His dad threatens Tony and uh, Clay is about to leave before Tony asks for his keys back. So Clay listens to tape one, side A, on the Walkman. Clay cycles home. He's still listening. Hannah says she trusted uh, a friend with these tapes. Clay falls off his bike. He puts the Walkman back on and continues to listen. So Clay's mom walks into his room and notices the scar on his forehead. Clay heads out again, not before his mom gives him a helmet. So flashback, uh, Hannah makes one of Clay's helmet outside the cinema. She invites him to a party at her house. But to present day, the tapes came with a map. He follows the map and is being chased by a car. The car drives away after Clay loses him. Uh, flash, uh, flashback, it's the night of the party, a.k.a. the night Hannah met Justin Foley. He is greeted by uh, Hannah and Kat. Kat pressures Clay to drink and Tyler takes a snap. Hannah fixes Clay's buttons and Bryce meets Hannah. Kat warns Hannah about Bryce. Uh, Kat asks Clay if he's going to tell Hannah he likes her. Kat asks Hannah. Uh, Kat says Hannah has terrible taste in guys. So present day, Clay is outside the house. Uh, we, then we were flashing back again. Justin and Zach arrive at the party and rest in the sprinklers as Hannah, Clay and Kat all watch. Kat tells them to go dry off. Justin smiles at Hannah and so the trouble began. Uh, Hannah starts school and is reintroduced to Justin. They chat and she says Justin was like her kryptonite. Hannah FaceTimes with Kat and says she's into Justin. Kat gives her the go-ahead. Hannah knew uh, where Justin was on third period and bumps into him on purpose. 
Hannah attends one of Justin's baseball, uh, sorry, basketball games, and Clay sits with her. Hannah drags Clay uh, for eating a Tootsie Roll. Hannah smiles at Clay and Justin smiles at Hannah and Clay questions her about it. Hannah asks Clay to email her his French notes. Justin pulls up and offers her a ride home and he decides to take the bus with Hannah. Justin sits beside Hannah and they connect and he asks for a number. She asks for his phone and puts her number in. She hops off the bus and tricks Justin into taking it. Hannah is doing homework and gets a text from Justin. Hannah's mom takes her phone and she answers the phone to Justin. Uh, he goes along with Hannah's lie about math homework. She pretends to talk to Justin about maths and they talk in code. So they agree to meet at the slide in the park. Hannah says they all think uh, she's a slut. Justin and Hannah are on the roundabout. So then present day, Clay is at the, pay gr- at the playground listening to the tape. Justin takes a picture of Hannah in the flashback at the top of the slide. She slides down and they kiss. Justin uh, uh, Justin slides his hand up Hannah's dress. Things get intense and Hannah reveals they, that they only just kissed. Present day, a car pulls up to the playground and Tony hops out. Tony sees Clay with his Walkman. Tony tells him to be careful and he knows about the tapes. Clay cycles home and continues to listen. Hannah reveals Justin was her first kiss. Uh, Clay heads to school and sees Justin looking rough. Flashback to Justin showing his friends the picture of Hannah and Bryce sent the picture around. Justin sits down in class as Hannah looks for his attention and the picture goes around the whole school. Clay gets the picture. Hannah looks at him and cries at her desk. Present day, Clay confronts Tony and asks how he fits into the tapes. Tony doesn't answer and tells him to listen to the tapes. Clay asks if he's side two and he doesn't answer. So we flash back to Hannah asks to eat lunch with Clay and he says he has geometry homework. She tries to, to talk to him, but he acts distant. Clay gets snappy with Hannah, telling her it's better to wait. She tells him he's he's hurt her feelings. Uh, so present day, Clay walks down the hallway as Hannah continues to narrate the story. He locks eyes with um with Justin. Clay imagines Hannah in the hallway as the bell rings. Clay stands in the middle of the bustling hallway. Hannah tells him to turn the tape over. Clay does that, presses play, and the episode ends. So that was the very first episode of 13 Reasons Why. So let's get into a discussion. Let's get into it. Um, yeah, like, it's a heavy show. It is very heavy. It is very, very heavy. And what, it came out 2017, so six years ago-ish? Yeah, in and around that. Yeah, so I was about, like, 21 when it came out. Yeah, very heavy. But, like, at the time, I just couldn't keep my eyes off it. Like, I needed to know what happened. Same, I was hooked. I was hooked, like hook, line, and sinker. But um, I couldn't, I couldn't get enough of it. But like, not even because I particularly liked it. Yeah. But because I was just like, I just need to know more about this storyline. Now, I do think I liked it at the start, but I think by the end of season two, I was just getting sick of it. Yeah, it only should have been one season, in my opinion. It, honestly, it should have. And the fact it went for four. Don't say it. nothing annoys me more with book to TV adaptations. But if it's just one book, keep it to one season. Exactly. If it's a series of books, go as go as long as you like. You you can start off sticking to the book and then drift away. And then if that doesn't work, you can fall back on the books. Exactly. But um I when I looked at my Netflix and I searched up 13 Reasons Why and I looked, I only made it to episode two of season three 
same. <laughs> yeah, same. Who was going to bring this up? No way. I literally put, I'm trying to think, did it come out weekly at that time or did they still? No, they dropped them all. That's how we both dropped off on episode two. Yeah, I know. It was so weird. I only, uh, when I just went to watch the first episode there, I was like, oh, that's when I fell off. Yeah. Um, I fell off season, yeah. Um, season three, episode two. And I don't think I even made it the whole way through. I didn't, yeah. I never finished it. No, yeah, I made it. Um, I don't want this to play, but I, I want to know. Hopefully, this doesn't play. Oh, it will. Okay. Um, <laughs> I made it 10 minutes in. 10 minutes in? 10 minutes in. I just, it, they really lost me by season three. Kind of like a Riverdale thing. Oh, yeah. No, it, it got into Riverdale territory. Well, see, they kind of were like, kind of came out like side by side, didn't they? They were near enough, yeah. Like they were the very, they were the same era of Netflix. Like they were the same, like audiences as well. Because mm-hmm. like us, our age group at that time would have been the peak audience for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm also kind of scared from Thirteen Reasons Why. Yeah, I I don't blame you on that one. Like there's episodes of it that I just will stick with me forever and... I know I, I, there's one in particular that's sticking with me and I can see it in my head yeah I think I know what you're talking about uh, yeah um, like it, it got very graphic yeah it did get very graphic because like at the start of it like it turned out to be the show that was like you know you know was like talking about like that this does happen obviously it does happen like yeah like teenagers commit suicide all the time unfortunately mm. um it happens and yeah. like it was nice to have a show that like showed you know the friends that were left behind and like the talk about like like why it happened and stuff like that and I thought that was pretty good, like, and then, you know, about, like, other stuff that happened, like, that, about with Jess and stuff, and, like, her abuse that she went through with Bryce. I also thought that was really good, like, and it was very well handled. But yeah, then... they did a great job of portraying that stuff. That's not, that's, and they did it in a way that was heavy but necessary, so it opened a conversation, I feel. Yeah, I agree. Like, it was very conversational. It was very educational. It was very, like, we're making this for teenagers so that they, like, can understand that, like, this actually happens because there's probably a lot of teenagers that would have been afraid to, like, speak out and stuff like that. And I do think that's good. They also touch on drug abuse. Yeah. Which, with Justin, whose parents are, like, mom and stepdad were, like, heavy addicts and that trickled down into him and then he's homeless and he's living with Clay and Clay's parents take him in and all. And that's brilliant. Like, that's great. But then there's just some scenes where they went absolutely mental and were like, right, that scared him as well. Yeah, I know. (laughs) 
Like they just mm. didn't have to go so graphic is what I'm trying to say. I know, and I think that's a big criticism with this when you think of like Hannah's suicide scene and yeah. scene at the end of the season two finale in the bathroom. Yeah. Um yeah. that's the scene that has forever scared me for life. Yeah. Ugh. Um I mean they don't have to go so graphic, but is it necessary? No. Not always. I don't think so. Like, I could have lived or like I could have still had the same impact from that series. Like, so I, if they had have just showed those two scenes, but in lesser detail. Yeah. I would, it still would have had the same impact on me. And I truly believe it because I truly believe that they could have done it in a way that still would have had the impact. Yeah. Um, but like I actually still feel sick when I think of Hannah's scene. Oh, honestly, yeah. Like it makes me feel sick to my stomach. Like, and yeah, it was powerful. And I'm not saying that like it was bad. It was just like there was really like we were like in our twenties, early twenties watching this. Yeah, I was in college. But there was younger people, even younger than us, watching it. Hmm. And I know there was like viewer discretion and it was probably, but like, and there was also this argument when it came out, like, like there could have been people watching it that would have been dealing with suicidal ideation and then they're watching this and the producers now probably thought like, oh, that will stop it. But like, who knows? Do you know what I mean? I don't know. I mean, that would depend on the individual, I suppose, but. Yeah, no, of course. But, like, I think they could have just left it with, like, we're whore in the bath. And the implication is there, and yeah. And the implication. And sh- going to the outside outside of the door, not showing all the graphic detail that they did. Mm-hmm. And then even maybe a bit of water running through the door. I don't know. But I think that they could have just not traumatised um, a nation I eat me. I feel like that scene has been cut now from Netflix. It has or it? they've edited it down or something. Hopefully. I would hope so because it was it was a bit much now. Yeah. It was a bit much. Yeah. And then obviously the scene we're talking about in the bathroom. I again they could have done the like violent bit. Like mm-hmm. as in the like head down the toilet and then maybe shut the door. And given like an inkling of what was going to happen, but not actually shown, mm. you know? Yeah. Because like, I feel like what they did with like the, that same character, but when he was at the prom. Are you talking about Bryce? No, um, who was it? Uh, the guy that was in the bathroom. I can't remember his name now. Oh, uh, Tyler. Tyler. Sorry. <laughs> we said that. Yeah, yeah. Tyler, um, when he showed up at the prom with the gun. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, and then they're outside. That was so weird. But like that was a perfect like of like not going too far. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he didn't like go in and scare everyone. It was just like we saw the intention. And then we saw the diffusation, and then mm-hmm. the cops came, and then this season, cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I want to bring up Tony for a second. 
Right. He is much too old to be in this cast. But I don't think he actually is, though. They're all about 20 in the first season. Yeah, but I think he's like our age. Are we older? He's got to be older. No, because I think I looked this up because Christian Navarro, like, I was obsessed with him. I was like, I love Tony. He was probably one of my favorite characters. All right, well, he's 22. Okay, so he's, he's, how old would he have been then? Um, it was seven he's, years ago, so like mid 20s. He's really been 26. But like, Dylan Minnette is now 26. I can't believe that. So is Alicia, who plays Jessica. Oh my god, um, she's stunning. Yeah, she's gorgeous. She was in something else as well. Oh, do revenge. And that, that's not where I know her from. <laughs> she's very good in do revenge. <laughs> I'm sure she is brilliant, but it's not where I know her from. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, actually, I don't know where now. Maybe it's from this that I know her, and I'm just like, yeah. But no, she is. But she's really, really good. Um. Mm. But yeah, like he's not that. Like yeah, he does look older than them all in the show because he is. But like, I don't know. I think he plays a good job. Much there's, too old to be in this cast. Does a good job. But like Brandon Flynn is now twenty nine. Okay, I didn't know that. I thought he That's was Justin younger. No, and then Christian Navarre is now twenty two. Um, Justin Prentice, who plays Bryce, is now 29. He's meant to be lovely in real life. Yeah, he looks it. Yeah, he's he's meant to be like a proper activist in real life. And even he plays like a sleazy arsehole. Um, Ross Butler, that plays Zach. Oh, my God. Is now 33. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Now, he does look young. I'll give him that. He does look young. <laughs> but he's older than Christian. Okay, right. <laughs> um, Miles, who plays Alex, is 29. No, he's he's look, he's got a little Troy Sivan head on him, like. Yeah, he does actually. Doesn't he? Yeah, he does. So yeah, that's my case to cut. Okay. <laughs> you are in defense of Christian Navarro or whatever his name is. I love Christian Navarro. <laughs> I do I, love this cast. I will say it is an amazing, amazing cast. It is. It's a brilliant, like really, really good cast. And like a lot of them went on to do like really good things after it, mm. which I'm delighted for them. Although yeah. I feel like Hatcham Langford kind of fell off the face of the earth. Uh, Knives Out. Love Simon. Oh, she was in Knives Out, yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. We've covered both of them. We love Catherine Langsford. <laughs> we actually have, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, oh wow. Um, The guy that plays Bryce was in Glee. Yeah, he was Becky's boyfriend. Oh. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> you challenged me to Glee. I will tell you where. <laughs> I didn't challenge it. I just brought it up, Evan. And he's also in iCarly. Yes, I've done all this research. <laughs> no, but I'm I'm doing it now. Well, I'm going to bring it up again anyway. So yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Sorry. Right now, yeah. I'm just like taking me home. I'm thing. just shocked. Oh, I'm not. I, I forget, and you'll just tell me again. Someone told me I look like Justin Prentice. 
I don't really. I see the resemblance, though. Yeah, we just have both. We just both have round heads. No, I think it's the features. You think so? Yeah, I like got it. I mean, I don't. I don't think it are twins, like but hardly. <laughs> no, but like I definitely see like the features. I also, yeah, like I think even the way your hair kind of sits as yeah. well is very similar to his. Yeah, I'm looking at you side by side now, and I do like I do see the resemblance. Okay. It's like how it's like how I look like Hammer and Diaz. Like I don't, <laughs> but like. I don't, but I do. (laughs) I don't, but like we're both white women. (laughs) Like at the end of the day, or like Jamie Lynn Spears when I was younger. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Or that that Disney actress. Dove Cameron. Dove Cameron (laughs) when I was younger, but only Dove Cameron with glasses. (laughs) It's true. That's how I look. Someone had glasses. Was it Liv or Maddie that had glasses? I feel like it was Liv. <laughs> and I only looked like one of them. And I only looked like the one with glasses, even though they're the same person. <laughs> I'll never forget that. They were twins played by the same actress, and you only looked like one of them. <laughs> it's true, though. <laughs> It's actually, I'm looking at pictures of it now and it's actually still so true. <laughs> Glasses change everything, though. That is fair. <laughs> and you can't tell me otherwise, like, funny. Um, but getting back to the topic at hand, mm-hmm. um, it was just, yeah. It was just a very intense show, but like I had some really nice moments in it as well. It did, yeah. And there was definitely good messaging, but I remember the absolute backlash that the show got. Oh, yeah, I remember that. At the time, everyone was just mad about it. And like people were coming for like Selena Gomez and all about it. Well, she, well, she is the executive producer, but also like, what does that even mean, really? Yeah, but like, that trust me, like obviously, it's a big title. Like, yeah, well, yeah, she read the book and decided to, you know, run with it. Yeah, well, like she didn't write it; she just helped bring the vision to life. Well, she said she read the books, so. though. She read the books. Yeah. Oh yeah, fair enough. Like, well, I hope she read the books if she's executive producing it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like that's the bare minimum you could do as a producer. Is really... Oh my god. It, it's true though. That is true. Um, but yeah, like she got a lot, a lot of flack for this. Well, I don't, I don't know. I don't why. know if she deserved. She was nearly going to play Hannah. That wouldn't have translated. I don't think so. Yeah, that wouldn't have worked. So I'm glad she stayed behind the camera on this one, even though I love her. Yeah, but because I do actually think she's a great actress, but I just don't. They wouldn't have translated. Yeah, no, it just wouldn't have. Yeah, I think Catherine was the perfect choice. Catherine really pulled it off, like, and she like looks like a hammer. Yeah, she does, doesn't she? <laughs> yeah. Although one thing I will tell you about this is like that I really, really like 
freaked me out when, like, her ghosts and all was just chilling around. Indeed, yeah. Like, I know that was part of it. I know. I know it was part of the, like, concept and the, like, pull towards it, but I just didn't like it. Yeah, do you remember in season two, like, Clay would just be running around everywhere and Hannah would just appear? Yeah. I was like, that's weird. It is weird, but also I was probably like, oh, they're always around me. I'm like, yeah, yeah, but not really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you know. I don't know. Did you believe Clay and Hannah as a couple? Hmm. What do you mean, believe them? Well, did you buy them as a couple? Because I, I didn't really. Like, yes and no, but more just so that, like, I bought them as, like, it was just that he was obsessed with her and now she's dead, like. Yeah. No, like, not in a bad way. But just, like, like, <laughs> just in a, like, oh. Not yeah. in a bad way. <laughs> like, just like, oh, like, I'm having now. So, like, mad sad, you know. And that, like, he was, like, playing it up more in his head because he was real sad of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying how I feel. I know. <laughs> Give me be. Uh, I'm not doing anything. You're the one saying things. You're laughing at me and I'm trying to be serious. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, we're a serious topic, right? Having a... <laughs> I know, I'm sorry, but I think it's the trauma of watching this show. So I can't be serious. Yeah. Uh, but I did, like, I will say, I did, like, yeah, and I do, I really do think it had a good message. Yeah, I really enjoyed the first season and then it just kept going and then I stopped. Yeah, I really enjoyed the first season. Second season, I was a bit like, uh, but I still wanted to know what happened. And then, yeah, by the third season, I was like, checked out. I was like, goodbye. Yeah, if it's one book, it should only be one season. I do oh. agree with that. Okay. Depending on the thickness of the book, though. I suppose. I mean, eh. But like, oh, that's this... a book series. Sorry. What were you gonna? I was gonna bring up Game of Thrones, which I've never even seen. But I was like, no, it's a book series. Evan, that's a massive book series. <laughs> like a Harry Potter level. Book I haven't series. read them and I haven't seen the shows. So what do you want me to do? <laughs> I haven't read them or seen the shows either. And stop judging. I'm not judging, book mom. <laughs> Everyone knows it. Um, <laughs> but. Do you have anything else to say about 13 Reasons Why? No, just that it should have been one season because it's one book. And that's all I have to say. That's fair. I know, yeah, they should have just been capped at season one. Like, it should have just been the story and then over. Yeah, so I brought up the book. So now I'm going to talk about some of the differences between the book and the uh, Netflix adaptation. Let's get into it. So, uh, spoilers for all seasons of 13 Reasons Why, but we pretty much spoiled it anyway by now, so. Oh. You're here. <laughs> you made it this far. So, um, first thing, Clay takes his uh, sweet time listening to Hannah's tapes. So, in the book, Clay powers through all 13 sides of Hannah's tapes in one long coffee-fueled night. Um, but in the show, he goes much more slowly. In episode two, Tony even uh, tells Clay that he's the slowest yet of any of the tape listeners. Mm. yeah I was only I kind of found my copy of it yesterday and I was like oh my god this is all just her perspective the whole time right okay I completely completely forgot about that 
because the opening of the book is him finding the tapes like yeah and then you find about everyone else so we're gonna just move on so number two social media is a thing so when the book was first published in 2007 Facebook and Twitter existed, but they were not anywhere near the juggernauts they are today. And Instagram wouldn't appear for another three years. Don't know why that's in here. Um, in the book, gossip uh, seems to spread the old-fashioned way via word of mouth. But on the show, images and rumors circulate via text messages, social media. And Hannah herself laments how things like Facebook have made us all stalkers. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's true. They would have had to do that, yeah. Yeah. Fair. Uh, number three, Tony follows Clay to check on his process from the very beginning. So Clay finds out that Tony is watching him in the very first episode in the book. Clay doesn't figure it out until he's on cassette four, which is also when Tony first confronts him about stealing his Walkman. Hmm. I completely forgot about the whole Tony thing with the tapes. About? Like the fact that Hannah put like her trust in him or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, so did I. Yeah, completely forgot about that. Yeah. Number four, uh, Hannah's parents are suing her high school. So the Bakers uh, barely appear in the book, but they have a full-fledged story arc in the Netflix adaptation. They believe the school should have done more to prevent her death. And Mrs. Baker, in particular, does some sleuthing to figure out what's really going on at Liberty High. In one episode, she goes into the school bathroom only to find hateful messages scrawled all over the walls. But she also finds the hot or not list that Hannah discusses on the tapes. As it happens, the lawyer representing the school in the case is Clay's mother. Oh yeah. I oh yeah, that's not that's just flooding back to me right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So number five, Clay and Hannah are closer to one another. So the book presents Hannah and Clay's relationship as somewhat one-sided. He liked her, but was a little afraid to talk to her much. Uh, she was kind to him, but they didn't really speak much outside of work on the show. Clay and Hannah have a lot more interaction, which in turn leads to more missed opportunities for Clay to notice something was amiss with Hannah. That I do remember. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, I was like, okay, they're more friendlier than the Netflix one. I do remember that. Six, Clay's taking medication for some of his own psychological issues. So at one point, Clay's mother places a a prescription bottle of duloxetine. Uh, used to treat depression and anxiety next to his breakfast. He protests that he doesn't need any more and that it might be expired. But she says it's a new prescription. If Book Clay has any such prescription or past history medication, it's never mentioned. Hmm. So, number seven, the Monet's group says FML instead of Ollie Ollie Oxen Free. This is here. It's 2017 after all. Gotta update the lingo. True. That's fine. Number eight, Courtney Crimson bitch and hannah's uh trap for tyler uh goes back for back much further than a sorry goes much further than a back massage when hannah and courtney attempt to find out who's stalking her they stage a risque but ultimately innocent encounter in hannah's room on the show they get a little drunk and make out and tyler catches them mid kiss so courtney worries about the photo getting out but she does not want her classmates to know she's gay i remember really hating courtney in the show I don't hear that much. I just like, I just like, they're all misunderstood. But you just froze there. What did you say? I just said, oh, really? Like, I didn't really hear that much. I just thought that they were all just a bit misunderstood teenagers. They're all ourselves. <laughs> yeah, man. So, number nine, 
uh, this is about Hannah's suicide scene. So Clay says in the novel that Hannah killed herself by taking unspecified pills. But on the shelf, she slipped her wrists in the bathtub. You used to see this scene play out in a very graphic and harrowing way in the final episode, but the scene has since been removed. Okay. Oh, God. Good. So, yeah. It would have been would it have been easier to kind of do the pill one on the show? Yeah, but I think the like the way they done it on the show was just a bit more like just to make it a bit more intense. Yeah. But um yeah, no, I'm glad they took that scene out. I'm so fucking happy about that. <laughs> Jen, yeah. it's one of the worst scenes I've ever watched in my life. Like Yeah, no, that's true. Heartbreaking, like so, number 10, Jenny Kurtz is now Sherry. So, when Hannah participates in the Valentine's Day fundraiser in the book, the cheerleader who helps her is Jenny Kurtz, who later appears as a person as a person driving the car that knocked over the stop sign, thus causing someone else to die. That I completely forgot about. The show replaces uh, Jenny with Sherry, still a cheerleader, but one who becomes close with Clay and eventually hooks up with him. I completely forgot about that. Number uh, 11, the crash that Sherry causes kills someone Clay knows. So instead of killing a stranger, the aforementioned stop sign accident results in the death of Jeff, a friend of Clay's who helps convince him to talk to Hannah at the party. Again, I also oh. forgot this. I haven't read this book in years. <laughs> it didn't really, even the book didn't leave that much of an impression on me, to be honest with you. Oh, fair. We'll say. It, was, it was fine. That's all I'll say. Number 12, the bakers own a pharmacy instead of a shoe store. So they're still being put out of business by a larger national conglomerate, uh, though, in this case called Waltex. Mm. So number 13, the other people on the tapes try to keep trying to stop Clay from listening to all of them. Because Hannah's tapes contain multiple crimes, including Bryce's rape of Hannah and Jessica, the other reasons don't want uh, Clay spreading the information around, lest any of them end up charged with something. In the book, Clay keeps the tapes to himself for the most part, and there's no coordinate, coordinated effort to stop their spread. So we have number 14. Clay confronts Bryce and records his confession. And change in the order of the tapes from the book to show means that Bryce follows Clay, but instead of giving them to Bryce, Clay records Bryce as side 14 and passes them to Mr. Porter. Later, Tony gives a copy of, uh, copy of the tapes, side 14 included, to Hannah's parents. That's cruel. Yeah, that's really cruel. So, number 15, uh, Alex Alex also attempts suicide. So, Alex has difficulty fitting in throughout the course of the show. And at one point, he jumps in a pool and behaves as if he's not sure he wants to get out. This culminates with him shooting himself in the head at the end of the season. He's in critical condition and he slowly recovers throughout season two. Yeah. So, and then this is the final one. So the story continues. Uh, so while the book ends with the final tape, 13 Reasons Why I Continued for another three seasons. Uh, season two focused on Bryce's trial for Bryce's trial, sorry, for raping Hannah and Jessica and Liberty High on trial for st- failing to stop Hannah's suicide after she was reported that she was raped. Season three focused on Bryce's murder and season four, it doesn't actually tell me what, what season four focused on here, but anyway, they kept going basically. Yeah. Unnecessarily so. Really unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. So now, uh, so if you've ever watched 13 Reasons Why and you're wondering, that, they look familiar, where do I know them from? I'm going to tell you now <laughs> where you know them from. Great. So this is the cast, where do I know them from? Just going to tell you other things they've been in. So Kate Walsh, who played Olivia Baker, Hannah's mom. 
Uh, before taking on the role of Hannah's distraught mother, uh, Kate Walsh is best known for her role as Dr. Addison Montgomery in Grey's Anatomy and the spin-off Private Practice. But she's also been in The Drew Carey Show, The Umbrella Academy and Sprung. Film-wise, she's been in Kicking and Screaming, Bewitch, The Perks of Being a Wallflower and Girls Trip. She can currently, currently be seen playing Madeline Wheeler in Emily in Paris. Oh. Yeah, love it. Love Kate Walsh. Derek Luke played Mr. Porter, a.k.a. the adult who did nothing. Um, before he played the guidance counsellor, Derek Luke was in films such as Antoine Fisher, Friday Night Lights, Definitely Maybe, Notorious, Captain America, The First Avenger, Sparkle and Darby and the Dead. TV-wise, he's been in Trauma, Empire, Rogue and The Purge. Oh, very good. So Devin Druid, before he played the unlucky photographer in 13 Reasons Why, uh, Devin Druid had one-off roles in shows such as House of Cards and Those Who Kill. He's been in a number of films such as Imperium, Cam and Greyhound. So hmm. Ross Butler, who plays Zach. So before playing the role of jock turned good guy Zach, Ross Butler was known for his role as Reggie in season one of Riverdale, which he would later reprise when Riverdale opened the multiverse and we got two Reggies. He also uh, had roles on Casey Undercover and Teen Wolf. Film-wise, he's been in Teen Beach 2, the Shazam movies, and the To All the Boys I've Loved Before franchise. Hmm, interesting. So, Miles Heiser played Alex, who I refer to as little choice of Van head on him. Yeah. Uh, before playing the soft boy Alex, uh, Miles Heiser was best known for his role as Drew in Parenthood alongside Lauren Graham and Mae Whitman. He's also been in films just as, such as Nerve and Love, Simon. He was in Love, Simon. Yeah, he was. He was a little uh, piano player. Yeah. I know, I was rooting for them. <laughs> Ended up a Bram, though. Uh, <laughs> we stand Bram. I don't know. Why. We do. <laughs> Bram's cute. So, Justin Prentice, I'm sorry if I pronounced that wrong, uh, who played Bryce. Although we all hate Bryce, we truly love Justin Prentice, as he is a gentleman. So, before landing his role in the show, he had one-off roles on shows such as Criminal Minds, Melissa and Joey, The Middle, I Carly, Victorious, Glee, Subrigatory, the mini project and I Zombie. Mm-hmm. So Brandon Flynn, who played Justin, so he may, so he may uh, be known for this show, and his very public former relationship with singer Sam Smith. But Brandon Flynn has been busy. He went on to be in another hit Netflix show, Ratchet, alongside Sarah Paulson, as well as the movie Hellraiser. Very good. So Alicia Bow, who plays Jessica, who we brought up as stunning earlier. So, Miss Jessica has been uh, working since a very young age, by the looks of things. So, before joining forces on this show, she was on shows such as Days of Our Lives, Ray Donovan, CSI Cyber, and Teen Wolf. Film-wise, she's been in Paranormal Activity 4, Palms, Yes, God, Yes, and I mentioned it before, Do Revenge. Oh. Uh, next up, Christian Navarro, who plays Tony, who Katie, who Katie went to bat for. Yeah, he's he's my guy. <laughs> So he was the short king of 13 Reasons Why, but nowadays you may see him in films such as Can You Ever Forgive Me with Melissa McCarthy and Pray to the Devil. Yep, my guy. (laughs) I just like him. (laughs) I just think he's great. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure he's wonderful. He seems lovely. (laughs) He's he's the only cast member that I actually followed on Instagram after the show. Well, okay, so uh, so this is someone uh, Katie doesn't follow, Catherine Langford, who plays Hannah. Um, yep. So yeah, she's still alive. Uh, it's none other than Australian beauty, Catherine Langford. Uh, before landing this show, Catherine had not done much work. However, since landing this show, 
She's gotten her own Netflix show called Cursed and has been been in films such as Love, Simon, alongside Miles Hazer, and Knives Out, alongside a very star-studded cast. And she has a famous sister called Josephine Langsford. Oh. And finally, my absolute favourite, Dylan Minnette. So this king has been working since he was a child. Dylan Minnette has been busy. Before this show, he was in films such as Fred Claus, The Click, Prisoners, Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day, Goosebumps and Don't Breathe. Since landing his show, he's been in films such as The Disaster Artist, The Open House and Screen 5, where he had a shower scene and I very much appreciated it. Uh, <laughs> TV-wise, he's had roles on Drake and Josh, Two and a Half Men, Prison Break, Saving Grace, Grey's Anatomy, Ghost Whisper, Reels of Engagement, Awake, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and The Dropout. He's also the lead singer of the band Wallows, Streams Grant. Scrawny for clear skin. Oh, you love that. So next up, we're going to talk about uh, the success of Thirteen Reasons Why. So the show overall, with its four seasons, has thirty five percent of Rotten Tomatoes. Sadly, lower than Rent. However, the first season has seventy seven percent. The later seasons would drop between eleven and twenty eight percent, bringing it down a little bit. So and. Um, uh, Catherine Langford was nominated for a Golden Globe for her portrayal as Hannah in the first season. The show has been nominated for two MTV Movie and TV Awards and four People's Choice Awards. Yeah, no, it was. It was very well received. Mm, it was. So we're going to see how well you received it, Katie, because school's in session. Ten questions all about the 13 reasons why for Katie. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Let's go. So question one, what does Clay steal to listen to the tapes? Um, His dad's boombox. No, he doesn't steal that. He asked his dad for that. What does he steal? Oh, headphones. Okay. No, you think he has his own headphones. What does he steal? I, I obviously don't know. Tony's Walkman. Oh, yeah. Oh god. Uh question two, who dated Hannah first? Um uh, Justin? Yeah, it was Justin, yes. Question three, which character gets killed in season three? Oh, um the one we don't like, Bryce. Bryce, yep. Yeah. Question four, which character is struggling with their sexuality in season one? Alex? No. That's that's actually in season three, I think. Oh, shit. Um oh the girl we don't like. Yeah, what's her name? Um I forgot. It was Courtney. Oh yeah, Courtney. So question five. Uh Hannah and Clay worked at the Crestmont. What kind of business is it? It's a cinema. It's a cinema, that's correct. So true or false, Bryce listened to the tapes. False. It is false. He never listened to them. Question seven. Which character is a photographer? Tyler. Tyler is. Uh, question eight. Who did Hannah trust to take care of her tapes? Tony. Tony. Yep, that's right. Question nine. This is multiple choice. Who does not have a song on the 13 Reasons Why soundtrack? Is it Lord, Selena Gomez, Billie Eilish, or Charlie XCX. Mm, Billy. 
No. Oh. Charlie? No, it's actually Lord. Oh, okay. I knew Selena would. Yeah, Selena did, Billy did, and Charlie did. So yeah, in question 10, uh, who is the only adult to appear on the tapes? Um, the teacher, Mr. something, guidance counselor. <laughs> he was the guidance counselor. Do you know his name? No. I'll give you a point anyway, because he, he is the guidance counselor. It's Mr. Porter. Oh, yeah. I would never guess that. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, that was the pop quiz. Now we're going to put 13 reasons why on our pop scale. We're going to rank it out of five based on how much we like it and its place in pop culture. Katie, what do you give 13 reasons why? I've got to give it a two and a half because, like, I really, like, I didn't not enjoy it, like, because I did enjoy it, especially the fourth season. Like, mm-hmm. I thought I had a great mess. But for when it was released, the graphics of it and just kind of like all that kind of jazz and how long it went on, mm-hmm. um, I'm gonna dock a two and a half points. So yeah, it's only getting two and a half for me. What about you? I'm gonna give it a two. Okay. Yeah, now I liked the first season. Thought the first season was great. I get the message. I think it's a great message. I think it's very educational. But don't yeah. keep it going. It's based off one book. Don't keep it going. Oh yeah, no, I agree. It's not a series. You don't have that to fall back on, and it just it just got weird after that. So yeah, it's it's getting a two for me. Okay, that's fair. So next up, we're going to talk about what's popping, meaning what we're enjoying in terms of pop culture. Katie, what's popping with you? Uh, still only murders in the building. Mm-hmm. So Selena, she's here, my girl. Um, I can't remember if I mentioned this last week, and I haven't listened back yet, so I can't remember, but. Um, did I mention at home with the Furies? Yeah, you did a little bit. Yeah, that that's still kind of popping with me. Um, all of my regular podcasts, as per usual, <laughs> obsessed. <laughs> um, and honestly, that's all I've actually. I watched that new movie. Um, Jennifer Lawrence's new movie. Oh, I watched that last night. <laughs> Don't lie. That's mad. No worries. Live- it's very good. I literally watched it last night. That's insane. So did I. <laughs> That's so. What did you? I did you rent it for four ninety nine as well? Yeah. <laughs> <gasps> so did I. <laughs> so weird. Oh my that God, is so weird. That is weird, and the fact that we both stopped thirteen reasons why <laughs> the exact same episode and season, and we both watched. Uh, what did you think of it? I but know her feelings. Yeah. Yeah, I really liked it. I thought it was very funny. Yeah, I really liked it too. So that's popping with me. That's so funny. Um, Billy Joel still. I just love him. <laughs> I just love him. I just love him. <laughs> and um, yeah, that's all that's popping with me. What's popping with you? So Olivia Rodrigo's new album, Guts, is popping with me. It is mm-hmm. all I've been listening to for days on end. Absolutely mm. love it. Um, what else? Really, uh, been listening to the Rocky Horror Picture Show soundtrack as well a lot. Fab. Um, love that. Um, what else is there? What else is there? I booked tickets to a Twilight Marathon in November. Um, yes, you did. Twilight once again. <laughs> and um, I started the third after book called After We Fell. Yes. And what I've been doing, Katie, you know this, what I've been doing, whenever I finish one of these books, I watch a movie pretty much straight after. 
Yeah. And I sent Katie a little clip from one of them. Discussion. It was so gross. Gross. It was absolutely cringy as hell. I hate them so much. Why 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 were they let go on? That's only one book as well. Well it's not, <laughs> but like on what pad it was. What did what did you say? That was only one book. Well, it wasn't like, no, there's four there's four books. No, what pad is one book? Okay, well there's four books. There's a it's a book series, like Yeah, but based on a what pad. <laughs> Don't get me into this argument. We'll never not argue about this if we talk about it too much. <laughs> oh, God bless you. We do the after series. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. God bless you. Well, you said that's me, but I'm saying that to you. Yeah, exactly. We're both saying <laughs> We're both going to do it anyway, eventually. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So after we fell, uh, flying through that, what a, what a time. And I was talking to Carla about it today. Of course, we're. She, I was like, I'm already on the third book. She's like, no, hardly now. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, what have I done? <laughs> it's her fault. I'm with you. It, it is her fault. So yeah, that's what's popping with me. So Katie, where can the people find us? People can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Make It A Podcast. You can give us a little review on Apple Podcasts and a rating and a comment on Spotify if you so wish. And if any of your family and friends need new podcasts to listen to, they can find us anywhere they get their podcasts. So that was our episode on 13 Reasons Why, and you will hear from us next week. Goodbye.